Welcome to Until the Bell Rings. I'm your host, Crystal J, writer slash teacher, just out here on my mission to bridge the gap between teachers and learners by acknowledging that we are all both, and I'm doing it through real conversations. One of the things my students always want to explore and understand better is race dynamics, a tough subject to talk about, but a vital one to examine. So this season, I'm sharing stories of my own experience as a black woman working at a private school. And as always, I'm doing it through poetry. In light of the recent acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse, today's poem is not specific to my high school, but it connects to the discussion of creating a safe environment. Whether you are a teacher, student, parent, sibling, or simply enjoy poetry, I invite you to join me on a spoken word journey through the hallowed hallways of my high school. How long will vigilante justice be sanctioned against just us and those that support us? Nobody trusts us to patrol the streets and carry guns. Now a killer walks amongst us, a threat to our princely sons and majestic daughters. And still they instruct us to stand down. We will not stand down because we are queens and kings. Heavy might be the head that wears the crown, but keep your faith and your ear to the ground for that moment freedom rings. It's coming. Teaching 101, make the lesson relevant. This week, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted of all charges against him. What message does that send? And does that message create a feeling of a safe environment for all citizens of this country? The answer is no. The same message is being sent at my school, only the shots being fired are words and not bullets. But here's the thing. When no one puts their foot down to say, hey, Watch yourself and the things that you say and do, because this space equally belongs to everyone. You send a clear message that this space has a hierarchy and you're at the bottom. You're the least important. We protect some people here, but not you. How can a young person reach their full potential under these circumstances? It's impossible. Your energy is wasted on survival, on figuring out how to exist in a world in which you are not truly accepted and sometimes not wanted. How can a teacher do their best work under these circumstances? It is incredibly audacious to expect a teacher of color to inspire, motivate, and educate when he or she is constantly receiving reminders of supposed inferiority based on race. You can't thrive in a relationship that you don't feel safe, personal, professional, or academic. You can't thrive when you're focused on mere survival. If you are misunderstood, unappreciated, undervalued, overlooked, and disregarded, it creates feelings of self-doubt and fear. Wondering why you aren't good enough, fear of being judged, fear of being blamed. And it's not the blatant stuff that makes you feel this way. It's the small biting remarks that if you're listening, 
reveal people's true selves. The nuances behind the words linger in your mind and distract you, sometimes consume you. Words have power. Sometimes we distort or diminish the true meaning of words for personal convenience. For example, the teachers in our district must complete a safe environment training every three years. Safe environment in this case refers to topics such as grooming of potential victims, boundaries, signs of sexual abuse, reporting, etc. It is urgent that all of these issues are addressed, but it seems to me, based on the definition of safe, so much more should be covered in this training. Let me explain and bear with me on the definitions for just a second. Safe is defined as protected from or not exposed to danger or risk. So a safe environment protects you from risk. Risk is defined as the possibility that something unpleasant or unwelcome will happen. So a safe environment protects you from the possibility of something unpleasant or unwelcome happening. Do you know what's unpleasant? Racism especially the subtle kind disguised as ignorance accessorized with condescension. Do you know what's unwelcome? Being on the receiving end of that racism while you pay upwards of $10,000 a year for your child to get a quality education. If you are on the constant receiving end of judgment and negative assumption, you do not feel safe, period. Even if the judgment and assumption do not come from a malicious place. Harm intended or not is still harm. I've witnessed so many instances of members of faculty, administration, and staff saying things to or about black students that are not only tone deaf, but provide accidental insight into their bias and bigotry. Here's a few. A student steals a pencil that belongs to another student, and the teacher says to her class, I thought we were in a private school, not the ghetto. We switch classes every semester, and a teacher warned me about a particular class that would be coming to me in the spring due to their behavior, and even told me he calls them his barnyard class. Y'all, it was 12 black kids and one white kid. A teacher told a student that he deserves to be beat in front of the class and on multiple occasions, and even stood by this comment when he stayed after class, quite maturely, might I add, to tell her that he didn't appreciate the comment and remind her that she doesn't know what happens when students go home, so she should be careful. Two coaches in a conversation about getting student athletes to attend our school. One is worried about the white parents not wanting their girls on campus with so many black boys. So the other tells her, she should point out that at the same time they get out at the all-white girls school down the road, those kids at the all-black school across the street will be getting out at the same time. Yikes. Recruiting through perpetuating the fear of black youth when half your students are black. After I mentioned to a teacher that he mispronounced a student's name, he dismissively waves his hand and says, I can't be bothered with how to say all those different names. I can't keep up with that. In regards to dress down days for homecoming week, the moderator said we need to avoid a decades day because we don't want to have students come dressed reminiscent of the 90s hip hop culture because, and I quote, 
That's not an image we want to portray. She said this to a black student. Mind you, we went with country club versus country. Furthermore, her stance is, well, you can't please everybody. Spoiler alert, everybody is code for black people. When I became director of diversity and inclusion, a teacher came to me with an issue that he really wanted me to address. He had lunch duty and he loved watching all the students interact, except all the black boys that play football and basketball. They all sit together and isolate themselves from everyone else. I needed to figure out how to get them to integrate with their peers because it couldn't be that we should figure out why they feel the need to seek out that security. Most of this was not deemed worthy of addressing from an individual standpoint and never from a big picture standpoint examining what kind of environment this creates for black students. The problem is a black student cannot trust an adult who expresses these types of revealing truths about themselves and how they feel. That energy is easily detected and largely defeating, which makes it nearly impossible to engage, thus extraordinarily difficult to succeed at a high level. My school is actively putting students of color at a disadvantage. You know, when we think about at-risk youth, a child who is less likely to transition successfully into adulthood, we think about more in-your-face extreme versions of this. I argue that the students that aren't at risk when they get to my school are at risk when they leave. The school is setting an example and not a good one. So you have black students who now have to navigate the world after graduation with a diminished sense of self, and you have white students who spent four years learning that they're above consequences, that the world has to cater to their comfort, and if their comfort zone falls within the bounds of racism, that's okay. So at best, you send them into the world unaware of the privilege you helped instill into them. And at worst, you create, well, a Kyle Rittenhouse, because let's be clear, the adults and his life failed him. I'll leave you with this. I'm reading The High Five Habit right now, and the author Mel Robbins argues that in order to um, see a person flourish, they have to be seen and celebrated and supported. That's not happening at my school. But as fragile as the human spirit is, it is also resilient. So, like the title of today's poem, I have hope still. I love ending on a hopeful note. It has been my pleasure to share with you and I hope to do so again. Join me next week for some more poetry and prose about navigating my teaching journey, not just as a black woman, but as a person who believes in the power of inclusion. I'm Crystal J and thank you for listening to Until the Bell Rings. <laughs>